All right. Well, I'm really excited. Are you supposed to give it up? I felt, felt a little awkward saying, like, hey, you were supposed to be loud for me. That sounds pretty self-serving. Um, but really excited. <laughs> there we go. Really excited today. Um, man, I, I feel like God's just doing something different in our church, and it's really exciting. Um, and I feel like the more and more our leadership team is just saying, God, we want more of what you want, not so much what we want, because we can be really specific and, and have an idea in our mind, and we don't want to let go of it. But oftentimes, maybe you find this in your life, that God has something different than what you have in my, your mind. Sometimes you have to let go. Actually, all the time, you have to let go and submit and surrender to what God wants to do. And I just feel, I'm just encouraged. I want to let you know just where we're at as a church. I feel like there is more of a sensitivity to what God's doing and a, more of an attitude of surrender to his his desires and his will, how he wants to do church. And uh, I wanted to update with that with you and just to let you know, be praying and that we would continue to ask for God, what do you want to do? And we want to see more of that. Um, but today we're closing out this series. I'm really excited because um, I was supposed to talk about finances. Um, Caleb said, okay, look, we're going through the series. We're talking about vision. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about health. We're talking about work. And then we want to talk about finances. And I am talking about finances, but that's only one portion of what I'm talking about. Um, because I've picked this passage, and as I was digging deeper into the passage, I just felt God leading me into a different way, more focused on how we're supposed to grow in our faith and how often the missing component is risk. And so let me, let me elaborate on this. I, um, I, uh, when I was like 12 years old, I stayed the whole summer down in Southern California with my family. I, got, I was just bouncing around between different aunts and uncles and cousins. And I, I distinctly remember this one trip where we went up into the mountains and there was this lake somewhere down in Southern California. I can't remember where it was, but we went out on this lake and uh, there was this awesome rope swing that, you know, it seemed like it was like 500 feet tall, but that was because I was 12 years old and it's probably not that tall. But it was the best thing ever, and I had literally, I was just so excited to get up there. So there was a lot of people that were hesitant, but right when I saw it, I'm like, hey, it's been done before. They set it up, so it must be legit. Didn't even try it out. I just jumped on that thing, swung out, and belly flopped out on there, and it was great. But my cousin, who's the same age as me, um, also uh, was was thinking about going up there, but she stood up there, so so. It, it, there was a lot of people around, right? And she got the, up onto the rope swing and just sat, just stood there holding on and just was examining it. And then we were all waiting for her to go, but she was just holding onto the rope saying, okay, so can, let, me, let me play this out. So I'm going to swing and then I'm going to land in the water. So in order to swing, I got to go forward. And I was in there. I'm not one. I don't like to peer pressure people into something. I'm actually a sucker for peer pressure. Like it's easy to peer pressure me into something. I probably shouldn't let you all know that, but it's something I struggle with. But as a result, I don't like peer pressuring people into doing something I don't really want to do. And so I was like, okay, I, you know, so I was encouraging her and I was saying, hey, you can do it. Like it's, you're going to be okay. Look, I just did it. But I didn't want to push her to the point where, like, she was uncomfortable and I'm forcing her to do something. And it seemed like five minutes had been gone and she's still just right here, just with her eyes wide open, just standing there ready to jump and then swing. And then 
Finally, this other guy, I have no idea, he was just at the lake. We were not related to him. We're not friends with him. He was just sitting there, and finally, he just got fed up. She was sitting there, and, she, and he just went, literally shoved her off the edge, and she swung. And I was just like, oh, no, I can't believe you just did that. That was so jacked up. You should not have done that. But she swung out fell onto the water, and I was like, she's going to be so mad with you. She is going to slap you upside your head. And she got up there, and, she, and so I was expecting her to say something like that, but there was this huge smile on her face, and she was so psyched because she finally did this, and she wasn't going to do it just by our words. She needed someone to push her past the place of fear. Why am I sharing that story with you? It was because I felt God was leading me to speak to you, and through this message, I feel the need to push. I feel the need to push some of you past your fear. I feel like fear has crippled some of us today, has paralyzed us from moving forward with what God wants us to do, moving forward. And as a result, some of us feel so stuck in this place. Some of us feel so stuck in our spiritual life, our relationships, even our work and our financial life. And we're, we're crippled by fear. And I want to let you know that God is not the author of fear. Fear does not come from God. And so today, I felt urged to just give you a push. Is that okay? I'm going to give you guys a push, a nice shove over the edge because you've been thinking about stepping further into your faith. You've been thinking about taking a step further and taking a risk and saying, God, I'm going to trust you with all of my life. And so today I want to talk about risk and reward because I believe that risk is actually at the heart of discipleship, meaning risk is at the heart of growing in your faith. Risk is the key. Risk is an element that, that you cannot grow without it. You cannot grow in your faith without taking some risk. But see what happens, fear is what stops us from taking that risk. Because there's a lot, because it's risk, and, and by definition, there's fear involved with it. There's unknown involved with taking a risk. Because when you take a risk, you don't know what is going to happen. That is the definition of a risk. When my cousin was up there, she was thinking, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And so there is risk involved. Is the rope going to break? Am I going to run into that tree on the way down? Am I going to slip off and fall before the water? There's risk involved with you taking a step out and saying, God, I'm, I'm ready for you to do what you want in my life. And so I believe fear stops us from, from taking that risk. So if you're stagnant today, this message is for you. If you felt stagnant, if you felt like you just haven't been moving forward and you felt stuck, man, I, I'm encouraging someone here today that you need to go, that I'm, I'm behind you and I'm pushing you off that edge and that rope is going to be fine. It's not going to break. And you're going to come back smiling saying, man, I'm so glad I took this step. Matthew 24, Jesus is sharing this, this passage. And I want to jump into it because I've looked at it a number of times. But this is kind of a different way to look at it. So in this passage, you'll see risk and you'll see reward. In this passage, Matthew 24, verse 14, Jesus is delivering uh, what's called the Olivet Discourse. And so it was actually surrounded upon this theme of end times, Jesus' second coming. He was reminding them and he was informing them on an eschatological 
There's a word to write down and impress your friends with. It means a study of the end time, study of end, uh, the, the study of the apocalyptic times, the end times. So Jesus talks a lot about that. I do not have a six-hour segment to break down the beliefs on the eschatological uh, truths that we can look to. But that, that is important to recognize that Jesus was talking about the end times. And so he brings up these, this theme of risk and reward. And he's on, the reason they call it the Olivet Discourse is he's on the Mount of Olives right across the way from the Temple of Jerusalem. And so he's just there with his disciples, just a dozen guys, and they're asking him questions, and he's answering them, and he's speaking in parables. And when he speaks in a parable, there's a few things to note. He usually will give the interpretation of what it means, not just keep you guessing. And in that, he does really explain what he's talking about here. Also, something to keep in mind when talking about parables is don't focus too much on the details. If you're looking at a passage of where Jesus is sharing a, a parable, often we can get off track by looking at the details of the, of the parable. And so with that said, I want to jump into this, and I want you to notice the risk, and I want you to notice the reward. Here's what it says, Matthew 24. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to him his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once, traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug, uh, dug a hole, wait, sorry, dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five more talents. I doubled my money. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter in to the joy of your master. And then he went with the two talents. He said, Master, you delivered me to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. Also doubled his money. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was what? I was afraid. I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have, here you have what is yours. But, but his master answered in condemnation. You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was with my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has will be given, and whoever has an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can I just pray for you? Pray for the reading of God's word real quick. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would speak to us and uh, enlighten us in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I got someone here. I want to start off with an example. So we're talking about giving, right? We're talking about our finances. And one of the, the biggest principles I want to pull from this is how we are called to give. See, the first two servants invested something, and they doubled their money, and, and the other servant was afraid and held on to it. 
So often we have an example where I talk about things, but not an example of putting it into practice. So I just ordered a pizza. Is the pizza guy here? All right, pizza guy, can you come up? I'm not going to call you pizza guy. I know you have a name. Could you come up here? Are you cool with that? Because I ordered the pizza, so I kind of want it. You, that's, that's part of Domino's delivers. Awesome. Hey, dude, thank you so much. I'm not going to embarrass you. So what did I order? Okay, ham and pineapple sounds good. Anybody like ham and pineapple? Okay, so, um, so let's get it out. Did, was it prepaid? Okay, so I'll sign for it if I need to, or is it already signed? Okay, so I'll, can, I, can I take the pizza out? So here's what I want to do. Now, normally, like, how, based on percentage, like half the people tip, 75% of the people tip, 60% of the people tip. Okay, so I'm curious, what is your biggest tip you've ever received? Do you, do you know? $20. $20. Okay, so I'm going to start with matching that tip, all right? So here, this, this is for you. You can set that down right there if you want. So, uh, so I've matched your biggest tip so far, right? But here, we believe in generosity. Oh, and by the way, what was your name? Silas. Silas, and you could kind of come over here if that's cool. And um, I, I know you got to get to, it's Super Bowl, so you're probably pretty busy. So I'm not going to hold you for very long. We're going to get busy, yeah. Um, so I believe we often operate in fear with our finances, and I'm trying to teach our church about generosity, and then often, Silas, uh, we have the opportunity to talk about it, but we don't have a good example to, to put it in action right then. And so, Silas, I called Domino's this week, and they said you recently had a baby. Is that true? She had a miscarriage. Um, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. Um, wow. I was prepared to do it. Like, on my Domino's job, I was prepared to do it. I told my girlfriend, hey, I'll join the Army because I was in the National Guard for three years, and I told her, I'll, I'll join again. I'll do active duty. She says, I know. I need my son to, my non-biological, her real son to stay with her grandpa. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'll do whatever you want me. And I tried applying for a police academy. She's like, no, it's too dangerous. I'm like, trucking. She's like, no, those trucking guys you can't trust. I was like, okay. So I've been trying to apply for jobs, and it's like, I don't know. I was like, I'm, and then she's, before I met her, her husband passed away in 2016 um, from a motorcycle accident. Um, Left her with the baby, and um, yeah. Wow. Well, um, that's that's an, that's a rough situation, and um, I just want you to know that we that we are behind you as a church. Our church is for West Sacramento, and we're for our community, for our city. And so, I want to give every single person here an opportunity to multiply his best tip he's ever received. I started it, so I want to challenge you to grab your wallets right now pull us some cash, and bring it up and hand it to him. Because this is the best tip he's ever going to be. This is an opportunity to give where you have no opportunity to receive anything back. Come on, let's give it up for these people. Give him being generous. Give it up for Silas. Man, he has the opportunity to, to uh, we have the opportunity to bless him. And, and everything that's going on with his life, we have no idea. We'll never see this again. But we have this call in our life to be generous to him. Man, this is awesome. You guys are so amazing. Look at this. This is awesome. Keep it coming. The line's still going. That's what I'm talking about. Give this guy a bucket, man. Wow, what an amazing response from you guys. You're still coming up. Yeah. Hey, I'll, real quick, real quick, we want to pray for you. Oh, man, we've got the check. We want to pray for you. We under, I can understand the, the, uh, 
that situation with dealing dealing with a miscarriage. (laughs) You got a big bag right there. Hey, the bag's big enough. Keep it coming, y'all. I'm just kidding. Um, But man, is it okay if we pray for you real quick? Awesome. God, I thank you so much for Silas, and I just pray for him and his girlfriend, his family, and his situation, God, that you would remind him that he is the apple of your eye, that you see him, you love him, and you are going to take care of his every need. So I pray that he would receive this blessing and, um, and uh, just be looking to you and understand that you're, you love him. And we thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up for this dude? Thank you so much, Silas. You can go, buddy. Thanks. So I know you got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one, man. Get with the, good luck with the Super Bowl. Tell, tell the next guy how much your previous tip was and just kind of lay that out there. So, um, so I wanted to tie that in because often we don't give the opportunity to put it into action. And I don't know about you, but generosity inspires generosity. You'll probably never see that guy again. You may, if you want to order some more dominoes, see if you can finally get him. But the, the principle I wanted to encourage you with is that it is more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. Here, here's what scripture says. It says in Proverbs 11.25, whoever brings blessing will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be watered. And I don't know if you just saw that example, but as I watched that happen, as I watched people give, there was nobody giving with a sad face. No one was walking up here just kind of disgruntled with their shoulders holding low. They walked up and with a big old smile, they were able to bless somebody. It is more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. Those who water others will be then watered. Those who refresh others will then be refreshed. Church, I want to encourage you, it takes risk to do that. But some of us need to take a step past the fear and understand that you will be refreshed. For example, so that passage says you will be refreshed. Who wants some some pizza? You will be refreshed right here. Come on. You like pizza? Go for it, Mark. Somebody's got to go first. There we go. Shake it. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Here. That was awesome. She's like, I gave. Come on. You need need a slice right there. I'm going to give this whole thing away. Right? There we go. Oh, got some teenagers right over here. They'll take care of it. Oh, yeah, Robert. Where's Robert at? There we go. We're taking care of this pizza. That's for, the, that's for your baby, right? There we go. Yes, Napoleon's taking care of it right here. Alicia. Man, we got the church doing their job. I love it. Oh, that, oh you, there it is. So when you uh, bless others, you will be refreshed. There's that example right there. But I, I want to encourage some of us that just have been taking, that been holding on to our finances, been holding on to our, um, and we've been operating our, with our finances with fear. But I want to encourage you, encourage you, generosity will eliminate that. And, and I hope you remember that moment where we were able to, to bless somebody completely random with asking nothing in return. And I hope you understand the power of what happens when you do that is that it's a bigger joy. And that, that, eliminates the fear, and it's also a risk. So uh, the parable of the talents, talents were actually money. It was a, it was a currency. So the, 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 these three servants received something. Two of them invested and doubled their money, but one of them operated out of fear and just buried it in the ground. 
So what I want to encourage you with is some of us operate our finances just like that third servant who just wanted to play it safe and just hunker down and, and operate out of fear. Now, as I say, as I talk about risk, there's obviously a balance to that where it's not, we're not talking about going and blowing all your money in Vegas. We're not talking about taking that kind of risk, but we're talking about being faithful with what God's given and being a good steward with what God has given you. So with, with under finances, we talk, about, we talk about budgeting. Dave Ramsey says this. He says, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. And I think some of us are operating out of fear. This, this, is, a, this is rooted in fear. See, we're buying things because we care so much about what people think about us. And so we're, we're operating out of fear, not out of faithfulness. And, and some of us just need to invest by the way of not racking up credit card debt. Some of us need to understand that's a biblical principle of budgeting. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. And some of us need to do this. It's so practical. Establish a budget. What do you spend? What do you earn? Make sure those are balanced out. Make sure you plan on earning more than you spend. A really practical thing is my wife and I, we have a synced app that links up. There's several of them, but the one we use is called Every Dollar. It kind of looks like that, and it's actually Dave Ramsey's app. And if you do that, there's a free, free version of that, and we use it, and it helps you realize what you are spending. Know well the condition of your flocks. So that was their main resource as this passage was written. Know well the condition of your money. Keep watch over it. So many times we can just be saying, okay, well, we know we got money in the bank, so I'm just going to, it'll all work out. Biblically, we're called to budget well. We're also called, I believe this is a great, great illustration, we're, we're called to refuse. Refuse to spend on stuff we don't need. And you know, what, you know what's interesting about the more you refuse something, the less you actually want it. Uh, this, the first 30 days of the year, my wife, went, my wife and I and a lot of our team went on this thing called Whole30 where you can't like eat any sugar, any carbs. Any, it was basically eating like dirt most of, the, uh, most of the diet. And so you had to continue to refuse all these other things. And you know what was interesting about that? It was pretty challenging, to be honest. But you know what was really interesting? After I kept refusing all these things that had a bunch of sugar or just weren't really healthy is after a while I realized I, I came back and I was able to, you know, I was off the thing and now you're allowed to, do, to eat something with added sugar. I actually didn't really want it anymore. And so I want to encourage you, some of us have been, just need to practice that, that gift that comes from God of self-control for God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a, a spirit of power and love and what? Self-control. And so I believe some of us need to operate in that, that mindset of self-control, and the more you use that muscle, the more you're going to be able to operate where you're refusing. So budget, refusing, and then giving. We're called to give, just like we were given to Silas there. And, um, and, and man, I just want to encourage you, if you're not already giving, you're not already operating in this, it's not like Paul said, he says, I'm not saying this for me, I'm not encouraging you to give for, for, so I can be taken care of. I'm encouraging you to give because it's more of a blessing to give because you are missing out on all that God has with this principle of trusting God and giving back 10% to what is his. 
And so I want to encourage, I want to give you the push, not because, man, we need, to, we need to make sure we pay rent here at Project Church. I know that God's taking care of us, but I encourage you for the blessing it is for you. As Jesus said, it is more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. So encourage us in the area of finances. We need to take risks. We need to move forward because we're, we've been stagnant in our finances because we've been operating out of fear. And also I want to go back to gifts. We all have different gifts, right? We all have been gifted in different ways. And I believe some of us have been stagnant and we're operating out of fear with our gifts. Man, I'm so thankful for Jesse. I don't want to embarrass him, but man, he's been using his gifts in our church just like he just joined our community group and said, hey man, I can offer, uh, this is what I do. He started making coffee for him. Did anybody enjoy the coffee Sunday morning? Jesse, thank you so much. And he's been doing a video for us. He's a gifted videographer, and he's been making some of that. And so some of us, and he, there was just no hesitation. Once I met up with him for coffee and started talking about it, and his, his mind found a place where he can serve the church with his gifts. And I'm so thankful for people like him, but often we, we operate out of fear, and we're like, man, if I put myself out there, I'm probably not good enough. I'm not sure of my gifts. I want to tell you, the first time I preached, I was pretty sure it was the worst sermon anybody had ever heard. Like, it was bad. I'm pretty sure someone lost their salvation in the middle of my sermon. They, like, refused. That's how bad it was. But I want to encourage some of us that, that we're never ready to, to operate in our game. We're never there. But that's the point of risk is you don't know how it's going to go, and you have to step out. So I want to encourage someone that, that has been fearful, that have been holding back the gift that God has given you because you don't feel like you're ready. I'm giving you that push today. Operate in faithfulness with our gifts, with our finances, and lastly, with our faith. I believe we're called to grow in our faith, and a lot of us have been stagnant in our faith because we're not taking any risk, because we're holding back and we're, we're sticking to what we know. My cousin on that rope swing just knew, like, okay, I'm planted on the, on the ground, but if I step out here, there's a lot of unknown. I want to let you know that that rope is not going to fall when you step out and put a deeper faith in God. I want to let you know when we started Project Church West Sacramento three and a half years ago, I did not know it was going to work out. There was no assurance plan that said, no, it is guaranteed it will all work out. It is guaranteed that your family will be taken care of. It is guaranteed that, that people will actually show up. It is guaranteed. There was, I didn't see that memo anywhere. And I want to let you know it was a huge risk. But it was the biggest step I've ever taken. And it was the most rewarding step I've ever taken. Because God honors risk. God honors you taking a step out into the unknown where you don't know what's going to happen. Because, because when you do that, you will grow in your faith. When you do that, God is going to honor that risk, and he's going to say, look, that is what faith is, stepping out into the unknown, stepping out to where you're not sure what's going to happen after this, stepping out and saying, God, I'm just going to trust you, and I'm not sure of the, the end result here. Some of us need to hear this today, that we've been holding on. And you know what's, you know what's even a small step of faith? takes, uh, or you know what's risky? and requires faith, is signing up for a community group. We're launching them a week from today, and it's kind of risky because you're like, you're going to put yourself out there. You're signing up for a group, and you're like, I don't know, what if I don't like these people? What if they're, what if they're Ra Raiders fans? Or what if they're, you know, it's, it's a risky step to take. 
um, because you never know what you're going to get. But I believe that God will honor that risk because you, you really are. Or maybe it's taking a risk to give financially. Man, that is, is, this, is a, this is a risk. Is God going to, to meet his promise where he said, I'm going to take care of you of your needs? And it's more of a blessing to give. That's a risk involved. But I want to let you know is to press in to the risk when it comes to your faith. Press in and say, if, if there's a risk there, that's going to honor God because there's faith required with that. Are you praying risky prayers? Is your faith, or is your prayer just simply, God, I pray that you would bless us and keep us and give me the same day and make sure no one dies today. But, or is your prayer very risky? Is your prayer saying, God, I'm going to step out and talk to my coworker and I'm going to invite them to church? And there, that's risky because he may turn you down and you may be labeled as the weird Christian guy at your work. Hey, that's real. I'm not going to deny that. I've been that guy at like every place I've worked, <laughs> even including the church, apparently. When you take a step, when you take a risk, you're stepping out and God honors that risk. And so I'm bringing down to a close. I want to have a time of prayer, but I want to ask you a few questions. Are you letting fear drive? Are you letting fear stop you? Because I, I, Jeff mentioned freedom a little bit ago as he was praying, and I actually felt like that was what God wanted to do at the right now is is break the the chains, the shackles of fear that is just literally holding some of us back from moving forward in our faith. And I've just felt like God wants to bring freedom. To you today, God wants to, to, to say, hey, you're no, you're no longer going to operate in fear because my word says, I did not give you a spirit of fear. That's not from me. So I'm going to break that. I'm going to give you power, love, and self-control. And, and with that, there's faith. So I want to ask you, are you letting that fear hold you back? Because I strongly feel like some of us are just operating in fear and there's so much more for us. There is so much more that God has for you but if you're holding on to that fear, if you're letting the fear drive, God can't, God can't do anything with that. You're, you're your own stopping point. You're letting the fear hold you back. So I, I want to give an opportunity for those just to receive that freedom, whether it be in your faith, whether it be in your finances, or maybe it's with your gifts that you've been given. So will you bow your head uh, all across this place?